in the house. It's Ashley. Hi, Miss Ashley. To Sprina. All right, y'all, we back. Y'all ready to get this started? tonight because we're about to get ready to release our summer series. It's a little bit different. Boop, boop. It's a little bit different. So summer series is basically going to be all the topics that we usually would talk about, but we're going to keep it short, sweet, and straight to the point. This way you can listen to it on those short road trips, listen to it on your summer picnics, and maybe it can start a discussion among you and your friends. So we're going to get that started tonight. So what is our topic tonight? Black Lives Matter and the reaction that we have been getting from the world, from people, from different groups, and just how we feel about the climate that we're in right now. Right. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. This is nothing new to me, okay? So if you don't know, I have been writing about this stuff since Trayvon Martin, since a little before Trayvon Martin, actually. And I'm at the point where I have been talking about these things for so long that I didn't even have anything to say once this, you know, once the George Floyd video sparked. So I was actually very proud of like my timeline and people because it was like, this is what they needed to actually get what is happening. You know, I didn't have to go over and explain anything. It was just like solidified. However, I feel like some people, Caucasianoids mainly, try to hijack the situation. They try to hijack the movement. And I don't I don't even think it's intentional. I think it's just who they are. You know what I mean? They're like, no, I'm I'm your ally. I'm trying to do this, but it's like even within being an ally, what you need to do is take a back seat. And um, one of the protests that I went to, I'm in Detroit. Detroit is like one of the blackest cities in the United States. And we had protests for days, nights, late nights, early morning, mad protests everywhere. And then we had some naysayers, because you always do, who were basically saying like, oh, we shouldn't be protesting the Detroit police. We should be protesting, you know, put together a protest in Livonia or um, in Warren. And my thing was, you put together a protest there. Why are you waiting on someone else to do it? So even with that being said, they still have protests in, in different cities. I, for one, went to one in Warren, Michigan, because the Warren police are notorious. Um, we call it, you know, crossing eight mile. Once you cross eight mile, you're basically in Warren, Michigan, and the police are racist piece of shit. Right. And they had actually, I don't know if anybody saw this on the news, tackled an Amazon uh, driver while he was delivering a package to this lady and the neighbors are like what are you doing his ID yeah I went up there for that protest like this is some this is some bullshit you know so with all that being said we have to make sure that our movement actually creates policy change within the United States legislation change within the United States not just companies you know saying things and doing things to comfort us and not to make this just the hashtag, like this is a real movement. What do you think, April? What's going on in Rochester? Well, there's a lot going on in Rochester. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep this short. We've had protests every weekend, every weekend. Um, the first week weekend of it, right after Minnesota, they was acting buck wild all upstate New York, Rochester, Syracuse. <laughs> 
and uh, Buffalo. Um, the day of our protest, right before the protest actually started, I was working at my job um, at the news station and somebody, a, a listener called to complain about black people looting. And she went on this rant and it was very triggering because obviously when the news hit about George Floyd, you know, I, I took note of it, but I didn't really process it fully just because it's a lot to take in. I'm a mother of a black son. So a lot of times when stuff like that hits the news, it's just like, okay, I need a minute. I can't deal with this right now. So when this lady called and she's like, I want to give my editorial opinion. And I was like, okay. And, and she would, she just went in. She was just like, I don't understand why those black people feel like it's okay to loot. I don't, those poor business owners, they're already suffering because of the pandemic. They're going to lose all their business. And then she's like going in. She kept saying those people this, those people that. And whole time I'm on the phone, I'm like, I was trying to hold my composure because I knew that I had to be careful what I said to this lady because she more than likely was a person who supports our station financially in some way. Right. So I didn't want her to leave the conversation feeling attacked, you know? And obviously it's not our responsibility to, to you know, care for white people's feelings. But at the same time, I was in a weird position being somebody that is employed at the station, especially more now more than ever, everybody's fundraising and things like that. So she just went in and in talking about black people this and I don't understand why. This. And so when she took a pause, I was like, ma'am, black people are not the only ones that are looting. And she goes, well, that's all that I see. And I said, well, I really thank you for supporting us. And, uh, but I would strongly suggest that you get your news from other sources in addition to ours <laughs> because you will see that it's not just black people but then i also told her like i don't know if you could tell but you're talking to a black woman and you kept saying you don't understand i noticed that's a lot of things that you were saying you i don't understand this i don't understand that and i told her you know you don't understand because it's not your lived experience not for you to understand you know i said just like me i'm a black woman when I walk out the door, I don't, I'm not fearful of the police. I don't think I'm going to get accosted by a police officer, but guess what? I have a son and he might feel that way. And that doesn't mean that how he feels is not valid. Just because it's not my experience, that doesn't mean that it's not valid. I, so, you know, I, we, we had this conversation. I even told her like, listen, like those businesses more than likely have insurance, but a life cannot be replaced. But more importantly, you know, I think a lot of white people fail to acknowledge like when things like this happen, they fail to acknowledge that they think that we're just angry because of something that happened yesterday or something that happened last week. And they fail to acknowledge that it is, it's the system, it's decades, it's centuries of this happening to us. So it's not new to us, but it's always new to them. But I will say a positive thing out of all of this is those younger, that younger generation, that Gen Z generation, they with the shits when it comes to their racist ass parents and grandparents. Um, I've covered so many protests over the past month. And I remember like one of the first or second protests that I was at, I purposely interviewed all like white people, all non-black people, because I really wanted to get a temperature to see like, is this genuine? Or are they just following the trend, right? Like, are they here because they think it's cool? Or are they here because they really like care about the cause? And I really get the sense that they really care. For people to acknowledge, I mean, really say out their mouth, like, listen, 
I know I had privilege. I know I was, I didn't ask for it, but I'm going to use it to speak out for my black brothers and sisters. Like, you know, for them to acknowledge, cause a lot of times it's like white people be like, I don't see black and white. I don't, I, I don't see color, right? When that's problematic. <laughs> but I hear more of them now are, are saying like, you know what? I acknowledge this. There's something, there's some injustice. And I, I didn't cause this, but I'm I'm willing to do the work to help fix this. So I think that's the positive part of it. What do you think, Karina? So for me, um, unlike a lot of people, uh, it seems like kind of when, you know, June hit, a lot of people um, forgot that coronavirus still exists. So personally, I haven't really expressed this a, a lot, but I don't want to get Corona. And I'm not one of those people who think it's a hoax. I believe it's real. You know, I, you know I've seen people talk about it. I know two people who died from it. So for me, when it comes to the Black Lives Matters protest, I've done what I can do from my home. You know, um, I help, I've donated. When somebody say donate to this, or yeah, because this tweet going viral, donate to Black Lives Matter. I click my links and I donate. Just like I be buying stuff on Amazon, I could click them links <laughs> and donate because my reflection on these protests still gives me memories from when they shot Trayvon Martin in 2012. And I was in 2011, 2012, because I was living in New York at the time. And I remember walking in Times Square, you know, and for this shit to still be going on in 2020, and y'all still don't hear nobody, is like crazy to me, you know? And I've had to literally step back. I find myself trying to explain history to people who like to act ignorant. And I'm like, I'm not gonna waste my mental energy trying to explain to people stuff that's free to research, free to Google, free to learn about, you know? And, and, and it's just, I've been really been trying to protect my energy so I won't lose my mind because I think about people who don't really have it all there sometimes and stuff like this, when they see it going on online, you don't know what type of depression they're going on at home. You don't know what's going on in their mind. It's people out here like literally being super depressed. Like it's a, it's a reporter recently, one my, my husband knows him, who killed himself. And he had a good job at a big newspaper and he killed himself. Nobody knew what was going on with him. And so it's people out here like this that you don't know what's mentally going on. And they see all this stuff happening on social media and they just can't help but to keep on clicking on these videos of people killing us clicking on these videos of people not listening to us, that stuff can take a toll on you. So my reflection from all the protests is, if you can go out in these streets and protest, do it. If you have the capacity to go on these streets, even here in New Rochelle, and I, I ain't really seen a lot, of, a lot of black people in New Rochelle. It's like above the Bronx, it's like Westchester, okay? I stay across the street from $1.5 million homes. And even to see the people in this community protesting down Main Street was like, yes, y'all need some water? Like beeping my horn, like, yes, yes, yes. Go ahead, I will wait all day. Y'all can take your time and, and stand in the street all day, boo. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like if you had the capacity to go out there and protest, do it. And you know you got the money to spend on Amazon? Guess what? Donate. 
give somebody else some money who needs some funds to get out of, of jail because they're arresting people for no for no reason. Whatever you can do, do it, whether it's in the streets or from your home. But at the same time, people need to make sure they protect their own energies and not sit online all day trying to explain to these white people stuff they can learn on their own. Because if you, you, you think you're smart enough to create the whole United States, apparently we didn't help. You think they would be educated enough to try to learn some real history and not believe the lies or whatever the case may be. So, I mean, personally, that's my overall reflection of it. Um, one, one thing about that I've been looking at is a lot of the, um, like, canceling of these companies online. You know, a lot of people um, was talking about, like, companies, you know, posting a black square, but you can still look at their CEOs and ain't nobody black. You know, you got uh, some companies that uh, came out. Um, what is Refinery29 is like, I don't know, white girl hate bill. And all these black girls came out. Yeah, all these black girls started a whole trend about how they was treated wrong when they worked at Refinery29. And it's so like all these different companies are coming out showing a black square, but y'all still don't not hiring black people. Um, and that's really been my rant. I do it overnight on Twitter, so that, that many people don't see it. But that's really my big rant right now is people claiming all this, oh, you know, we hear you, we understand you. But then y'all still saying, oh, we can't find black people. I know a whole bunch of people in TV production, entertainment, looking for a job every day. Y'all not saying y'all can't find them, y'all don't want them. And that's the facts all day. My thing is, Ashley, what you think about the whole canceling of these companies, canceling of people, even like, cutting people off of your friends list because they be getting a little bit of out of line. <laughs> I don't have to clear people out on my friends list. I have given them given them open invitations to, let me tell you what, what is gonna get you canceled. Come to me, let me see you posting Black Lives Only Matter when it's a white person or the police trying to kill a black. What the fuck, excuse my French, are you even talking about? So then I have to go to, you know, this this whole mindset that you have, what you're saying, is really something that the oppressor created for you. That that doesn't exist. People, humans, kill people that look like them in every in every ethnicity. It doesn't matter if they're Indian, if they're Caucasian, if they're Hispanic. I don't even like the term Hispanic because it's really made up. But if they're Latino or it doesn't matter. Everybody kills people that look like them because that's who they're around. And they're around them because basically segregation. However, this is not the time. I always tell people, you making that statement lets me know how involved you are with your own community, with your own community, which means you really aren't. Because Stop the Violence is one of the biggest organizations that has been putting full effort since probably the 80s about crime within black communities. So what are you saying? That shit pisses me off to a whole nother level. That makes me want to call you a coon. And then I started to say, this is my new thing. I'm really not trying to convince anybody that Harriet Tubman would have shot. I, I just can't do it. Why? Why? If Harriet would shoot you, you're, you're worthless to me at this point because I'm not trying to convince you of anything. But I will say this. If and when it happens to your child, do not call me to put together anything. Nothing. Right, exactly. Personally, of companies, I really haven't been looking into that, but 
What I do know is the effort that it's going to take as far as systematic racism, breaking it down in corporate America, no matter what the position is, is whether it's journalism, whether it's HR, whether um, it's a writing room, whether it's a grocery store, it's real. People literally, you can literally have the same qualifications, if not better, than a white person, and they'll offer you the job, but you're gonna make less money than this person. Like, white people with no education make more than black people that have education. So it's gonna be, it's gonna take way more than Black Lives Matter. It's gonna take way more than protesting. It's gonna take real, real groundwork and change. And I am trying to like focus on that in my business sector in life, like really teaching these companies what diversity and inclusion is. Right. Because they think it's, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna hire five Indian people, one black girl, and when I say Indian, I mean from India, red dot Indian. Yep. Um, they, they think that's diversity and inclusion. No, yep. it's not. It's office etiquette. It's how you treat people in the office. It's dumbass questions that you ask people about their hair or what they eat or what kind of seasoning is that or what I heard. Like, all of that falls under diversity and inclusion, and no one does anything about it. They make you feel uncomfortable. I always say that there's really no, there's no inclusion for black people in a, in a corporate office. You have to adapt to whatever environment that you're in and black people are just used to that because that's just what we have to do. But that's not including me. That is making me suppress everything about me to make you comfortable. So that's what I'm, I'm really hoping um, to see, and I'm gonna look at some companies who are claiming to be, girl, I was looking at Ben & Jerry's, actually, because they've been with the shits for a long time. A long time. Like, <laughs> all these other companies, y'all just now jumping on the bandwagon. No, Ben & Jerry's got it when Black Lives Matter was first created. Right. So that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. So I'm gonna be doing some little investigating with these companies to see who's with the shits and who's not. Right. What you think, April? It's a lot. I don't research companies. Honestly, I just kind of, when Deprina shares stuff, I just open it up and read it. <laughs> she got the time and she's getting, she's the wealth of knowledge. And so I trust her as a source for me because I know her husband is the plug as well. So I'm like, yeah, this is legit. Let me, let me see what's up with this, you know. And she like hosting companies and, you know, black owned businesses and stuff like that. So one thing that was brought up when this whole thing ignited, reignited, was the treatment of Colin Kaepernick and how the NFL really ate crow, mm -hmm. right? And so, you know, my thoughts on that is that they do owe this man an apology, mm -hmm. you know, because they were acting like he was protesting. His protest was about nothing. And to see this happen again, you know, and, and especially when we talk about sports, especially sports like football and basketball when more than half of the players are of are black people and people of color i, I don't even want to say people of color they black <laughs> you know that and people can argue that's like modern day slavery or whatever in itself but for for to to stop your constitutional right to protest as a black person you know to take away your livelihood 
I mean, that's really foul. And then now they want to like walk it back and and say, oh yeah, we stand. I don't even think they said they stand with Black Lives Matter, but you know, they were talking about the injustices. Now you want to acknowledge it. But when someone tried to bring it to the attention, silent protest, you had a problem with that. But now when people breaking up shit, tearing shit up. <laughs> but when we were silent, you had an issue. So, you know, I just think like, like I said before, you know, I think people are finally acknowledging that that black people ain't just loud and ruthless for nothing, right? Like there's a cause and a reason behind that. Niggas is tired, straight up, point blank period, we tired. Um, and, but I do, like I said, I do, I, I don't know, for some reason I feel like when my son gets to be an adult, which is not too many years from now actually, but when he gets to be my age, I think we'll see some change and, and Actually, you, you made a point earlier about, you know, people protesting until we see policy change. I do feel like little is happening because within like two weeks, Governor Andrew Cuomo had already put into place some police reforms and things like that. So I think things are changing slowly. And I think that the government is because it's election time. If they don't move, if they don't act and they don't listen to the people, they will not keep their positions. People is with the shits now. Like, you're not gonna stay in your position if you're not gonna work for the people who put you put you there. So, you know, that's all I have to say about, you know, like those companies and things. I just think that people are, it's an awakening. What do you think, Prina? I wake up in the morning and I check my Twitter feed. So I'm always like looking like, okay, who getting outed today? You know, I just wanna know who next. And so, you know, this week alone, you know, it's one thing to just be trying to fight for equality at these companies. You know, I pay attention more so to the media companies because they've been completely washed, whitewashed for years. And this is, it's, it's, it, I can't understand how you think you can run a full-blown media company that looks nothing like the people you're reporting these stories to, that looks nothing like the people that you're writing about but yet nobody seems to see anything wrong with this in their own personal newsroom until this week, okay? And so then, so this week alone, that's one thing. That's just one thing. But when you have black companies taking advantage of their own black workers, is even worse. And this week alone, I don't know, again, Y'all can find this, listeners, y'all can find this trending on Twitter right now still. You can look for the ha hashtag, BSO, Black Sports Online. They had to out this dude. Black man started this sports outlet all about black sports, and every black reporter started this trend because he's been sexually harassing them, having them talk about their sex life in group me chats. They didn't out this man out. He asked him about their sex life, saying sexy, suspicious stuff to them. And this women coming forward like, yes, this happened to me, this happened to me, like over the last few years. And this is supposed to be a black publication. Then yesterday, it drops. They out the whole top team of the Essence magazine. This black man just bought Essence Magazine back in 2018. After he sold a lever, he was over the little hair company and he sold it, buys Essence Magazine. People are like, great. Black owners of, of Essence Magazine come to find out the head of Essence Magazine then hired his wife to be human resources. He's sexual harassing people. They can't even complain to HR because HR is his wife and she compliance with it. 
Then the other CEOs and the other people that's in the top tier essence is harassing people, not giving them raises and telling them, oh, you want more money? You think you can get more somewhere else? Then you can leave. It be your own people that will dog you out because they like, oh, this a black business. You want to work for black people. So we gonna still treat you how you want to. It's like, boo, can we get a break? And so my main focus is I'm looking at a lot of companies now. My hopes for the future is that people actually do what they say they're gonna do. Stop saying it because it sounds good and it look good for your company. Stop saying it so people can be like, oh, okay, they good. No, stop saying it because you know we got $3 trillion spending power. Do what you say you're gonna do and that's the only thing that's gonna actually make a change. Not people just basically, you know, lying to kick it, fronting for the, front, front for the ground, whatever. You know, I wanna see these companies actually do what they say and even even if it's not that, I want to see people um, actually do more when it comes to supporting people. Um, and when they say something is not right, when they say something is wrong, instead of, you know, all these people you see online, it's like, well, if they didn't do this and if they didn't do that, no, how about you value life over property? Simple as that. Because you can build a million buildings over and over again, but you can't get another Deprina, you can't get another April, you can't get another Ashley. When we gone, we gone. Simple as that. And people need to learn how to value life and stop valuing these materialistic things, which is what America is built on because all we care about is money. I thought the pandemic would have taught people that. Yeah. That was that I was like, this is a great window to realize that human life is way more valuable than material things, right? But clearly, once again, when it comes to black lives, that's not the case. It's, oh my God, mind you, it wasn't even the black people tearing down buildings. But as I said, as people were tweeting, or not tweeting, but on Facebook, talking about don't mess up downtown Detroit, I asked, and what do you own in downtown Detroit? Exactly, I just, I'm just curious. What do you own? Because if your last name is not Illich, if you are not a part of the Illich family, and if your name is not Dan Gilbert, you don't own a motherfucking thing. So yep. guess why the police are down there? To protect those buildings, to protect the Renaissance Center. If you ever visited Detroit, it actually says GM, but people from Detroit know that that's the Renaissance building and that's right. what it always be. I don't give a fuck about that. Tear that shit up. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. It's a building. Rebuild right. it. You've done it before. You yeah. have insurance. You got good insurance that will never deny your claim. You know what I'm saying? Like, why is everybody so obsessed with this? And which brings me to dating. I could not date someone who does not share my beliefs about black people, black family, black lives matter, and the things that need to be changed within the world in order for black people to um, survive, you know, prevail, exceed, succeed, everything above. I, I just can't do it because I feel like we already have to fight the world. We don't, I don't want to have to fight you about my views, opinions, etc. So what you think, April? Could you date somebody who didn't have the same uh, views that align with you in this situation? So, Y'all know I done got back on my um my dating app streams now. You know, the pandemic done brought that back. <laughs> but right now my Tinder profile says, let me just pull it up real quick. 
because I, I need I need this to be known. Okay. It says, you know, first of all, I, I couldn't date anybody that that wasn't that didn't acknowledge, you know, what's going on, right? So when it comes to dating, I mean, I have yet to to find a love in a Caucasian man, but I'm open. If if he respects me, I'm open to that. And any anybody that isn't black, right? Like I'm open to that. Well, I'm open to everybody. Let's just put it like that. Anyway, but if if I happen to come across a man who's not of our culture, you have to be woke as fuck. I'm sorry. There's just no ifs, ands, buts about it. So my profile says I'm black mixed with black as hell and proud of it. My music is um the song Black featuring AS, ASP, ASAP Ferg. Okay. <laughs> like I don't play like I just I that's something I'm truly proud of being a black person. We have a dope culture that everybody bites off of, everybody wanna steal from us, everybody wanna be like us, but nobody wants to live the fucking experience. Mm -hmm. And and for me, if a person comes into my life, if you are not black, you have to be woke as fuck. If you're gonna use your privilege to speak out against shit. You're not gonna sit in the room and laugh when people tell bad jo jokes. You gonna call niggas out on that shit. And that's just point blank period. So yes, it's extremely important. Have I found that person? No, which is really sad, right? When it comes to dating, right? When you're on these dating apps and stuff, when you come across men who are not black, if they're white, if they're Indian, or if they're whatever, they feel like a need to like objectify black women, blackness, you know? Ooh, yeah. I love your skin, ooh. You know, they say these little microaggressions and they don't even realize it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know, I had to call a, a young man out like, um, he was like, I like black. I said, have you ever been with a black woman? He was like, well, no. I said, so how do you know you like it? Well, I loved your skin and you guys are so curvy. And it's like, not not all of us are curvy. <laughs> I'm one of them, I'm not curvy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's extremely like, when it comes to being in a relationship, it's extremely important that no matter who I'm with, that share the, you know, that we have, we don't have to agree on every single thing, but I think as far as, you know, black lives do matter. Point, there's no fucking argument in that. Like, okay, you cannot combat that statement with anything else because it's true. Okay, it's just it's simply true. That just that statement does not negate anybody else mattering. But black lives do matter. Fuck that. So, you know, that's how I feel on that topic. I just, yeah, you'd have to be, you have to be one that is woke and one that is aware of what's going on in the world. So overall, um, you know, I, I ain't dating. Me and my husband, we both, it's like preaching to the choir. He the choir and I'm the choir. And we both preaching to each other. So, um, Ashley, what's your overall, I would say two or three points, um, hopes for the future when it comes to audit? Three of them. Reparations, legislation change, policy change, period. Period. <laughs> April? Honestly, they, they've been putting this on um, the bill for like protests lately, demanding like change in the schools with history, right? Because I think it really starts with what we're taught. And like I said before, it's more, it's so important that, it's just as important that white kids understand the history of black people than it is for us to understand ourselves. I think that's where the change will really come 
and that's when you'll get the understanding. And I've said this before, and this has always stuck with me. This shit still like, I still carry this because I went to a small school, it was a predominantly white school. And my seventh grade teacher told me I would, would have been a slave if I lived in the South. And you know, and I say that to people now and their eyes are like, but she said that shit to me in 1997. And I told other people that, and they were just like, oh, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? But I knew even at the time that it wasn't right. You know, and I didn't have the knowledge to understand that that was a microaggression, right? Wow. And I didn't have the knowledge to understand, like I knew it didn't feel right, but I didn't have the knowledge to understand that like, yeah, you know, I'm glad that I didn't, I didn't let it affect me so much that I didn't, I thought that much of myself as a slave, right? Cause I'm like, fuck that bitch. I would've never been no damn slave. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but I think that's, I think I hopefully, I hope that they will change that, that they will really update these history books in school, that they will really, really put the real history in. Cause what we learn is there was slavery, the Emancipation Proclamation cat happened, then it wasn't. But people don't realize that people were still enslaved for two years after the Emancipation Proclamation. That's how Juneteenth came about. You know what I mean? Like people, I didn't learn that till I was grown, and that's and that's a damn shame. But um, not but only they, that, how how did slaves? They couldn't make. They were no longer slaves. Right. Depend on somebody to give them a job, and they didn't right, make enough money to live. Right, they skip over reconstruction period. They skip over how they were um, make really creating a new kind of slavery system through the jail system. Like they skipped over all of that, right? So we, we didn't really get to learn about ourselves. We really didn't have an understanding. We didn't really have an appreciation for ourselves in a sense. But I just, I just hope that, that's the biggest thing. I just hope that we can, that as people seek knowledge, right? And as white people really want to learn that, that that will be taken into our school system, that, that way white children and black children can really learn the true history. Overall, these are our reflections, you guys, of the Black Matter protests, um, companies getting cut off, statues getting put down, everything that's been happening basically halfway through our summer so far, halfway through the year. Um, these are basically our reflections. Um, again, this is our summer series. We're trying to keep it short and sweet but also get straight to the point in our conversation. And, um, you know, next week, uh, what to say? I said it's getting deep, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, next week, we're actually going to be having a conversation with a man again. Remember when we used to do those men interviews? <laughs> so next week, <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to be recording. But, you know, you guys, the summer series are going to be dropping every two weeks, every Wednesday, um, with the first one being today, July 1st. Um, so we're going to drop these episodes, um, you know, every two weeks this summer, all the way into the first week of September. And so next week's episode is going to be talking about all those um, first date uh, no-nos, like what you're not going to deal with on the first date, what you can't handle, basically... Uh, we're going to be discussing this guy that I've known for a while that's also been on and off single for a while. So we're going to have a discussion with him. It's going to be an interesting topic. So make sure you guys tune into that. And we thank you guys for checking out our first episode of the summer series, Kisses and Conversations, with your host, Prina Dean, what you mean, and your host, Ashley Ray, the voice. April, I don't have a, a moniker, the voice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
You guys, make sure you, again, stay uh, connected with us through our social media handles and also make sure you keep on checking in with the Summer Series with Kisses and Conversations. We want to thank you guys for listening.